The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out CybionicsCGM.com. This is the Insulone Podcast, where I, own Costello, try to redefine diabetes. In this week's episode, diabetes burnout, hiding my diabetes, being ashamed of it, um, neglecting myself, and it did land me in the hospital um, two to three times in DKA. And after that kind of like final time was when I was like, oh my God, like I have to get, you know, just a grip of my health. But before we get into that, everything you hear on the Insulone podcast is from my own personal experience. And if you have any worries or issues regarding your diabetes, please contact a medical professional. Now, let's get stuck into this episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to episode eight of the Insulone podcast. I can't believe it. It's uh, flying by. And just like two episodes ago, I am self-isolating. I am in the safety of my own home. I hope you're all doing the same, and I hope you're keeping safe with whatever's going on around the world. Nobody really knows <laughs> too much. Just keep yourself safe, and I hope you're all well. Uh, there's a bit of a change today. I'm not with my usual friend, Graham, but I have a different guest, somebody that you probably know of, and you certainly will know now, somebody who is an avid diabetes advocate. Like myself, she is a spokesperson for Beyond Type 1, somebody who has personally inspired me and motivated me to be as active as I am within the diabetes community and somebody who I am happy and proud to now call my friend, Gillian Ripalone. How are you, Jill? Hi, thank you for having me. This is so excited. I can't believe it's already eight episodes in your podcast. Yeah, it's, uh, it's flying by. So I'm delighted to have you on the first guest. So I think I gave a nice brief outline of who you are there but do you want to introduce yourself a bit more detailed and let us know what you're up to yeah that was great so my name is Jillian um and I (laughs) was diagnosed with diabetes when I was eight years old back in 1997 um and I am also a type 1 sibling So my brother, Joey, he was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when he was seven years old, and we got it a year apart. Um, Between his and my diagnosis of diabetes, we had a step cousin that was ironically diagnosed with diabetes um, during 
during kind of like <laughs> my transition into it and, and his transition. So it's definitely been interesting growing up with diabetes with a sibling. Um, but yeah, I've been living with type one now for over, oh my gosh, I think this summer is going to be like 23 years, 24 years. So yeah, most of my life um, has been with type one diabetes. You've obviously had it for a lot longer than I have. I've, I've had it now since 2012. So I was well getting into my adult life when I was hit with the diabetes brick, but you kind of grew up with it. How was it growing up in the household with you and your brother? Because I know how difficult it is just one sibling <laughs> in the house having it. Yeah, so it was just my brother and I growing up. And so my mom was a single mother in the 90s raising two type 1 diabetic children. And it was kind of crazy. But honestly, diabetes is all we've ever known um, because we've been living with it for so long now. Um, and I feel like when you're young, like everything's just like a blink. <laughs> you blink and it's like you're now a teenager. You blink, you're like now an adult. Um, so it's kind of hard to think back what life was even like before diabetes. But my brother and I, we always lived very parallel lives with diabetes. So everything I did, he did, whatever he did, I did sort of thing. So you would kind of learn off each other almost. Yeah. And it was it, kind of tri trial and error. Yeah. And he was the first one that was diagnosed. And it was so funny because it's one thing I, I remember to this day where he was testing his blood sugar. Um, and back then, you know, the land sets were a little bit thicker and like the blood drop that you needed had to be like a really big drop. <laughs> and he would yeah. prick his finger and test his blood sugar. And I remember he was like, do you want to do your blood sugar next? And I'm like, no way. I would never do that. If I had to do that, like I would die. And then here we are like a year later. <laughs> uh, stop. Little did you know. Yeah. And back in the nineties too, we were still mixing insulins. So you were mixing, I think it was like R and MPH together. So it wasn't like, you know, everything that we have now. And we've come, I feel like such a long way with education and technology as well, because that was when you were just using like just the basic syringe. Um, and I don't think they were even like half units at that point. So yeah, mixing insulins together, syringes, um, you know, and now everyone has CGMs and pumps, it seems like. Yeah, it's, uh, I can't imagine it was ideal having to do that back then. But even even now that you say it, when I was diagnosed back in 2012, and now I've just recently been approved at Dexcom, so I'll be getting one soon, thankfully. But I've been using finger pricks since, since 2012. And even when I was diagnosed in the hospital, we had to use a syringe for the first while. And now, even just the progression to using the Dexcom, it's, it's almost like light years ahead how the technology has changed. So so rapidly nearly yeah for sure it's you know i also i we're on opposite sides of, like of the world it seems like so i also know in you know different countries the speed of technology is also so different and when things come out and how long it takes so for example um you know we got the dexcom g6 let's just say i think it's been like i don't know i know it's been over a year and I know in Canada, like they just got it. So it's definitely, you know, it's, it's technology is a blessing, but it, I also feel like it kind of like evolves also like different times with, you know, different parts of the countries and whatnot. <laughs> just that, that you mentioned the CGM, it just reminded me the very first day that me and Jillian 
met each other face to face was that was that the the Mayabetic diabetes oh my god that was amazing <laughs> yeah so we had obviously we had been in touch online and we had we, we would have spoken quite regularly but we had never met in person so Gillian had organized to bring me a donated CGM to the awards yeah the Dexcom the very, five <laughs> yeah yeah and on the very first night that we met each other, she publicly <laughs> injected this whole this whole new device onto my arm. You would have, <laughs> you would have like everyone was like, "Oh, you guys must know each other for so long." They're like, "Yeah, no, <laughs> no, no, not at all." This was like the first time meeting, and it was crazy because we had such a crowd around us. Like, oh my god, this is like amazing. <laughs> I think I was the one that was amazed the most about it. Because I I never had a CGM and it was it was almost like my life had, had changed. That's now. what I always say. I because feel I was, like Dexcom is a game changer with diabetes, or not just Dexcom. Any CGM for that matter is like a game changer. Mm-hmm. And I honestly feel like my CGM helped me like gain the most control with my diabetes. It, even though I'm on an insulin pump, it was just the fact that I was never testing my blood sugars. Um, And, you know, after years and years of having diabetes, you know, you also go through diabetes burnout several times, I'm sure, for some people like me. So when you're not testing your blood sugars, um, you know, and you go from basically finger poking and not testing your blood sugars to like a CGM, it's completely a different diabetes management as soon as you start kind of getting going on it. Yeah. And what did you feel growing up with it was or still is? the biggest challenge with diabetes? Oh, gosh. Um, I mean... Bef- which, one, which one of them? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like needles was never a problem for me. Um, it never hurt, you know, inserting a needle or, you know, injections. But I feel like it was, you know, constantly pricking my finger that it was just like the worst part of diabetes. It wasn't even just like monitoring your carbs, your food, but I would have to say for me, it was definitely um, testing my blood sugar, just like poking myself like several times a day. And because of that, were you then less inclined to check them as frequently as? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like you, you know, you just think like, oh, I can have this or I can have a bite of that. And then before you know it, your blood sugar is, you know, skyrocketed because you had a small, let's say, even if it's a small piece of dessert, you know, most things do have carbs in it, um, which affects your Mm -hmm. blood sugar. So it was just kind of like a spiral, you know, once you just start neglecting just a little bit, it, it almost becomes a spiral. Um, but that's what mm-hmm. kind of led me to social media was because of diabetes burnout, hiding my diabetes, being ashamed of it, um, neglecting myself. And it did land me in the hospital um, two to three times in DKA. And after that kind of like final time um, was when I was like, oh my God, like I have to get. Um, you know, just a grip of my health. And I was on Instagram. This was like early years of Instagram 2015. And I think it was around the, I think it was, yeah, it was like June 2015 where I stumbled upon a diabetes Instagram account. And I was like, oh my God, there's other people out there with diabetes, not just me. Um, And yeah, it was kind of like eye opening because, you know, 2015, it was a little different than it is obviously now. I mean, it's, only five years, but a lot happens with, you know, in the, t- the technological world, <laughs> especially with social media. 
Um, and it was just kind of like, that was like the aha moment where I was like, wow, if, you know, she's doing this, I can do this. And that's what kind of led me to (laughs) where I'm at, where I'm at on social media today. And just trying to like help people because I use social media to, I feel like it was more of like almost accountability too, because you're, you're seeing other people test their blood sugars or, you know, poking themselves or giving an injection and you're like, Oh my God, you know, I have to do this. And I, (laughs) and it just was like, everyone was just kind of motivating me. Um, and then I found out all these different, um, diabetes, like management tools, like, Hey, there's one, there's more than one brand of insulin pump. There's more than one CGM on the market. And that was the other thing that, you know, it was kind of like, I turned into like a, like a patient advocate as well, because doctors (laughs) don't really give you any options. It's kind of like, Oh, you're going to use this insulin and you're going to use, you know, either this CGM or this insulin pump. And I feel like, us patients didn't really have like any options either. So yeah, it was just kind of like, it kind of just like each thing just kind of added on, you know, that, that on my plea. And I just kind of built off of that. Yeah. It's funny. It's, it's one of those things. And even from my own perspective too, it's initially you're obviously a blank slate of information and you're kind of, you, you do what you're told from the doctor because you don't know anything better and I feel as you go on and as obviously you have and I have and even with each other when you connect with other diabetics around the world you learn so much more and it's therefore so much easier to manage your own diabetes because even the psychological aspect of knowing that there are so many other people out there that are just like me and struggle just like me and get pissed off as I do <laughs> and frustrated as I do. I feel because now the two of us are as active as we are, and I am as active as I am, thanks to you, I feel, a lot of it. So thank you for that, Julian. But I yeah, it's, it's like we're also like we formed a family, and it was very organic because each day we all learn from each other. And it's, you know, you kind of like start on social media or in the social space as strangers, but then you become friends and then like friends eventually, you know, that it kind of like turns into just like a family naturally. Yeah, I think you, you instantly just understand what the other person goes through on a on a daily basis so you're automatically at a a friendship status yeah it's like an instant bond because diabetes is obviously a very routine based condition and a lot of the management is comes down to your routine on a normal day work day on the weekends you generally are habitual creatures and we'll do the same thing how have you adapted to what's going on around the world with the recent COVID-19? Yeah, I feel like, you know, I know this this answer is going to vary for so many people, right? Um, but I know for me, like for me personally, I had the ability to work from home. So I've been working from home. It's just myself and my boyfriend here. Um, and it's, you know, when it comes to like the diabetes management, I feel like it's been, it's been really good because I'm in my own space. I'm trying to keep to my same routine. Um, you know, waking up at a certain time, 
having breakfast around the same time, lunch, dinner. And at least when I'm home, I can, I have everything I need here. So like, let's say for, you know, even my diabetes supplies, right? I get a three month supply at a time. So I knew like kind of starting this whole quarantine thing where, Hey, I'm able to get my prescriptions if I have to, but I have all my diabetes stuff that I need home. So for me, it hasn't been a difficult um, transition from kind of like going to work every day versus working from home and having, you know, everything I need here. I'm in a similar boat to you. Like nothing physically has really changed for me too much in terms of my my day to day. I'm generally doing what I would do. But do you feel that the psychological aspect of it has kind of feel slightly overwhelming because when this whole thing was coming out I was constantly being bombarded with bad news bad news bad news and then like this universal sense of reassurance for people when they're saying that don't worry it's only elderly people and people with chronic illnesses who are at risk with the virus. And I was kind of like, yeah, because it puts, yeah, it puts us in that boat. Um, I know in the beginning, because of all the uncertainty, um, there was definitely that whole mental aspect where you're like, Oh my God, as being a type one diabetic, does that put me at a higher risk and not just diabetes, but you know, I know so many other people also have other chronic and autoimmune diseases, not just type one diabetes. Um, and I know that was like a really big worry for, I know myself, I'm sure for you and you know, so many other listeners, um, because if you think about it, right, if we were to get the flu, just the basic flu, um, it feels like we take longer to heal because of our conditions that we have. So now you kind of throw this new virus out there that nobody knows what it is. Nobody really knows 100% of the symptoms and everyone's experience different symptoms um, and severities of the case. So I feel like a lot of us are just kind of like, you know, what, how do we prepare? What do we do? How could we be safe with this unknown kind of virus? That's just kind of like spreading like wildfire. Um, but now I feel like, you know, there's been more studies a little bit on it. And it is the one reassuring thing for me was, um, you know, I didn't have to really leave my house. But the other thing as well is that there was going to be no issue with our insulin supply and our like medical supplies as well. I'm not sure if that was like the same for you, like your feelings on, <laughs> on yeah, that. It's different over here in Ireland. Thankfully, we can get our supplies a lot easier than a lot of people can in the States. So that wasn't too much of a worry for me. But I know a lot of people, and I actually had a lot of people reach out to me from the States who were very, very concerned, and they they didn't know what was going to happen for the, for the whole thing. So there was a huge amount of worry out there. But I feel you have been very, I, I, you seem to be more active now than you ever have been. Every time I go out to Instagram, <laughs> you're hosting some 
some Zoom <laughs> virtual meetup or something. So have you tried to put more emphasis on that now because of the lack of my, yeah, my whole thing is if you ask most people what I'm known for on Instagram, um, it's definitely, you know, I always have my resources for people, but also positivity. And I know that during times like like where what we're in right now, it's so hard to be positive. Even for me, like I have bad days as well. I'm sad <laughs> at different times. I'm crying, you know, but I think when you are a leader in a community, you have to stay strong and you have to kind of help guide people because everyone's looking for support even more right now. And I'm so used to hold, um, hosting diabetes meetups like all over and I was supposed to go to all these conferences um, all over the United States and everything was just kind of put to a halt and everything was canceled and you know and that support community that you had um, that you know people rely on it kind of just like like oh no like what are we all gonna do and people are people are definitely handling the situation, you know, so different. Um, But yeah, I feel like, hey, if we can't go to a meetup in person, what is the next best thing that we can do? And these virtual meetups that everyone's doing right now across the board, I think they've just been so amazing. I know you and I, we've been on at least like two or three together and just like, you know, the last few weeks. Yeah. Oh, they're great. You put in your Zoom number and then your screen pops up. And there's loads of people that you recognize online. So it's almost like you're meeting friends anyway. Yeah, so I feel like you never difference. know who's going to pop in. Sometimes, you know, you have like the most random people popping in. You're like, oh my God, I can finally like see, like, you know, see you like kind of in person, even though it's like virtually. But what I love about the Zooms as well, it's bringing even more people and communities together. Because let's say, you, you know, let's say for you example, right? You and I hosted an in-person meetup um, back in New York City in... I think it was like around November. And now that you're back in Ireland, it's like, okay, well, we can't really have a meetup anytime soon. But the <laughs> fact that we can do this virtually from our own living rooms and we can like all come together, like even with all these different time zones, people are, you know, that's what people want. I think, I think they just want to find that safe space. And, you know, the diabetes community definitely brings that. Absolutely. It's a great way for people to stay active and keep the positivity high. So if someone was to want to get involved with your Zoom calls, Jill, how would they get involved? Yeah, so I post most things on Instagram. My Instagram is T1DChick. Um, but I'm also posting, because I know not everyone is on Instagram. So I'm also posting all the virtual meetups on my Facebook page, T1D Chick. That way it's an event and people have all the information that they need. Um, And I know that, you know, you can get reminders if you want. And then I also have the Beyond Type 1 app. And that's really cool because I can also add reminders in the Beyond Type 1 app underneath the events. So that way, you could see not just my virtual, but everyone else's, you know, that might contribute, um, you know, to having the virtuals. So, yeah. Are you your friend on that app? <laughs> um, you know what? I think I followed you when I first got it. I just downloaded it like a few weeks ago. So, um, but yeah, like that's a really, you know, that's great because you could see multiple events. But if you go on like my stories and my Facebook page, I'll definitely have um, my events posted. And then when I try to remember, I try to reshare other people's virtuals as well. Absolutely. And I think once this whole thing finishes, hopefully sooner rather than later, 
a, a diabetic meetup in Ireland is definitely well overdue. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? As long yeah. as I can get, get a sponsor to bring me out there, let's do it. We'll have like the biggest diabetes meetup in Dublin. <laughs> Absolutely. Jeez, it'd be amazing. You'd love it. That'd be incredible. Now, can, we have yeah. it, can we have it at Guinness? <laughs> Yeah, sure, we can go to the storehouse. You can, you can pour your own pint. You'll be, you'll be Is that so American of me to say? <laughs> nah, you'd love it. You'd love it. I'm going to ask you one more question because in my episode a couple of weeks ago, Graham asked me this. So you got diabetes at a young age. It's hugely overwhelming, very uncertain. I know exactly how it feels from where you have been to where you are now to somebody who is a huge advocate and somebody who thousands and thousands of people look up to in the diabetes community what would young Jillian think of current Jillian oh my gosh I think this is like it's so crazy like you know when you're like oh my god what would my young self tell my older self if I could like <laughs> offer any advice but I wish that I knew back when I was kind of like younger even teenage years or even college years I had no idea that there was a diabetes community at all um, and I feel like if I would have realized that there was a diabetes community where you know it could have helped me even more live a like positive life with diabetes. So if, you know, younger self telling my older self, um, you know, I just think that social media has definitely opened up major doors and support and community is everything. Um, and I just have to say to everybody out there, if you do not have a diabetes support group, team, friend, definitely get out there and try to meet some diabetes, go to events. Um, if you could do virtuals, do the virtuals right now. But honestly, community is everything. And it's really good to have that space where you can connect with others. Um, because when you see everybody, and I just feel like, like I said, it's accountability, and it's connecting. And I think it's definitely something positive for sure. Beautifully put. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> really nice. As you say, it opens up a new world because diabetes is a very, very constantly isolating condition. So when you see people all around the world that are going through the same thing as you, me and you would never have even met if we didn't have diabetes. So I'm thankful for that. Yeah, too. brings so, so many you, connections. It's amazing. Absolutely. And we're well overdue. Another meet, 100%. Well, we'll Actually, have to definitely plan a uh, <laughs> an Ireland meetup at one of, one of these days. We'll get an awesome meetup going out there. There's plenty of diabetics <laughs> out here. Right, Gillian, I think we're good to go. So well, thank you for that. Appreciate you joining me. Yeah, thank and you for having me. If you haven't found Gillian online yet, it's at T1D Chick on Instagram and Facebook. So check her out. She is an amazing person and an amazing diabetes advocate. So thanks again, Jill. Thank you. Good luck, everyone out there. Thank you for listening to the Insulone podcast. Make sure to subscribe so each episode goes directly to your phone. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Insulone. And if you have any question you'd like answered on the podcast, you can email it to theinsulonepodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>